The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxonatxxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Don't forget, you can always go to the archive page. And listen to the last month and a half, two months archives with our compliments at www.exonepodcast.com. My guest this hour is Howard Bloom, and Howard has been called the Darwin, Newton, Einstein, Freud, and one of the smartest guys I know of the 21st century, and the next Stephen Hawking. Move over, Stephen. Howard's already here. He's the author of The Genius of the Beast, A Radical Revision of Capitalism, uh, he's also, uh, let me see, written The Global Brain, The Evolution of Mass Mind from the Big Bang to the 21st Century. Uh, Lucifer Principle, A Scientific Explanation into the Forces of History. And his most recent book, which I had the pleasure of reading over the last couple of weeks, The God Problem, How a Godless Cosmos Creates. His website is www.howardbloom.net. Joining me from The Big Apple is the big Howie. Howard, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thanks, Rob. It's a pleasure. Hey, buddy. Uh, although I wish the, the the issue we were talking about was the greatest pleasure. The, the issue we're talking about is a great vexation. But, you know, it's it's what's happening. We're not talking about hypothetical situations. We're not talking about what would happen if a UFO landed in front of the White House and uh, abducted President Obama and his good now new good buddy, Bill Clinton. But we're talking about reality here. And... Howard, you and I have discussed this many a time. Reality sucks, but it's real. <laughs> yes, it's very real. And I want to read you just one quote from Mohammed Morsi, the uh, Muslim Brotherhood president mm-hmm. of Egypt. And he says, successive American administrations essentially purchased with American taxpayer money the dislike, if not the hatred, of the peoples of the region, meaning the Middle East. So... Um, we have a situation in which um, the existence of a film that apparently no one was going to see, mm-hmm. it was extremely low quality, um, it was screened in a rented theater in Hollywood when it couldn't attain any form of distribution, almost nobody showed up for the screening, it went on to YouTube basically unnoticed, and then it became the next cause celebre of the folks in um, the imams in the Islamic world who rile up hatred um, with things like the, uh, the Danish cartoons. Um, they look for an excuse for anti-Western hatred, and they found it. They mm-hmm. found it in this particular film. 
and the result we all know. I mean, there were riots uh, and demonstrations all across 13,500 miles of wow. Islamic territory. And the, the, the one that gained the most headlines, all of them were getting headlines. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, apparently, and it's still hard to determine the results, apparently a uh, terrorist group used um, demonstrations outside the American embassy in um, Libya to um, storm the American embassy and kill three Americans. Including so, Ambassador uh, Stevens. Including Ambassador Stevens. And then our incredible... Um, delusional. Um, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say that one side in the, uh, the current electoral climate yeah. of the United States is delusional, and the other is not. Each side believes the other is delusional. All right, let's hold but, that thought hard because we've got to take our two-minute break. Um, always great talking to you, my friend. Thanks very much for taking uh, time out of your day to join us. And once again, congratulations on a super book, The God Problem. Uh, thanks, Rob. Howard Bloom is my special guest. www.howardbloom.net And uh, we're talking this hour about the real world as it goes around, focusing on the Middle East. My name is Rob McConnell. Howard Bloom and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. 
Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back, everyone. Howard Bloom is my special guest. www.howardbloom.net is the web address. And uh, Howard, I don't understand why people don't open their eyes and add one and one together. Is it sheer coincidence that this film, The Innocence of Muslims, was released when it was, translated into Arabic when it was, and caused all the civil unrest when it did, especially within 50 days of the next presidential election, you know, putting a lot of pressure on both President Obama and Mitt Romney, who, by the way, in my opinion, has no sense, no common sense when it comes to world affairs. No, I agree with you. I don't think he has any common sense when it comes to world affairs either. He's asked, I mean, look how badly he screwed up on his trip to Europe. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it was it was uh, stumble thumbs mm-hmm. and uh, feeding your mouth all over the place. Well, the implication that the Republicans may have planted in starting this is an interesting one. It's certainly not anything that I've thought of, but there's something much, much bigger going on, and we're being distracted from it. You and I have talked several times about the fact that the major uh, issue going on in the Middle East over the course of the last year or two Mm -hmm. has been a struggle between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Big time. And the fact that the Syrian uh, uprising is not just a genuine uprising. It's something far more. It's a war by Saudi Arabia to take over um, Syria in order to pry Syria loose from the, the grip of Iran and weaken Iran. Um, but there's a big wild card that has just entered the picture. When Mohamed Morsi won the election in uh, Egypt, mm-hmm. when he managed to defeat the, um, the ruling um, military uh, group and managed to get the generals who had been running Egypt for the last year, ever since the Arab Spring, to step down. And when he took over the reins of power, one of his first moves, was scarcely noticed by the North American press. He went to China. And from China, he went to Iran. And he went to Iran to meet with a Congress of non-aligned nations that was meeting in Iran, so that he was making a bigger bigger gesture than simply being in Iran. Um, He was gesturing to an international alliance of countries that basically gain their unity from loathing, despising, and hating the United States. Mm -hmm. Then he returned to Egypt, and then he made, over the weekend, um, just two or three days ago, he made the statement about the fact that American administrations have purchased with American taxpayer money the dislike, if not the hatred, of the peoples of the region. What Mohamed Morsi is doing is this. Since 1951, when Gabal Abdel Nasser took power in Egypt, Um, The Arab world has been led by a coalition. It's been led by a coalition that's gone under sometimes names like the Arab League. And that the two key states in that coalition, three key states actually, number one has been Egypt, number two has been Saudi Arabia, number three has been Syria. Well, Iran, we've talked about the Al-Quds Brigade. Um, Iran has an international force 
Um, its primary strength is not its over 100,000 actual soldiers. Its primary strength is in its proxy armies. And it has two proxy armies in Iraq, basically controlling Iraq. The head of the Al-Quds Brigade three months ago made a public statement that Iran had won in Iraq, that Iraq was now basically Iranian territory. Um, the Al-Quds Brigade um, is behind Hezbollah in Libya. It supplied 40,000 rockets to them, sometimes through the Syrians. Um, it basically is the father, the puppeteer of Hamas in Gaza. And in addition, it is said to have forces in Yemen. And right now it has, it has an alliance in Sudan. Um, it has uh, a puppet army in um, Somalia. Well, this led to panic in Saudi Arabia over the course of the last year or two, because it meant that the old Arab states were surrounded by a new Persian entity that had created something called in military terms encirclement. And encirclement is such a serious problem that it is considered a legitimate cause for war in international affairs. Um, but at least um, Saudi Arabia knew that it, and Egypt. Saudi Arabia and Egypt were hanging in there together. Then the Arab Spring happened. Then everything became uncertain. Some people said that it was the Saudis who controlled um, the Muslim Brotherhood forces in Egypt. Well, that's yet to see, because frankly, when the Muslim Brotherhood took over, it aligned itself with Iran. That meant Saudi Arabia is now all alone to trumpet the old Arab ways of doing things, the old Sunni ways of doing things, to stand alone against Iran. There is no one to stand against Iran except Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is either going to have to take over Syria very fast, um, or it's going to be in danger of a huge loss. In fact, one analyst at the Asia Times says the best thing that could happen is if, if and I don't agree with this, Rob, yeah. I don't agree with it at all, but he says the best thing that could happen is if Israel strikes Iran to get rid of its uh, nuclear forces, then Iran would cut off the Straits of Hormuz, would supply 40% of the world's oil. Uh, the United States would be forced to respond um, by bludgeoning um, Iran, and bludgeoning Iran would return the balance of power in the Middle East by weakening Iran. Bludgeoning Iran, he feels, is the only way, but remember, this is only one analyst, but he feels is the only way to get back to a balance of power in which the Saudis um, are leading things again. What does all this mean to us? Well, Mohammed Morsi just told you, the Egyptians now feel it's their legitimate right to hate the United States because we bought their hatred with all the money that we spend supporting them. Um, the rest of the Arab world has just shown it's tremendous, or the rest of the Islamic world, because remember, this isn't just the Arab world. The Arab world is restricted to North Africa and the Middle East. But the Islamic world goes all the way from Nigeria on the shores of the Atlantic to uh, Indonesia on the shores of the Pacific. That's 13,500 miles. And um, these cartoons, we, cartoons were used, or cartoons, this, this film was used to rouse all of that, wow. to rouse people in all of that territory, and basically to rouse them toward a, uh, a kind of a new world order. So Ahmadinejad, uh, um, um, in his statements, um, well, he did more than, than simply make a statement at the United Nations this time with his arrival in New York over the last two days. 
he sat down and he did interviews with AP and all kinds of American outlets. In, in fact, he did a wonderful interview. Well, I shouldn't say he did, but Pierce Morgan on CNN did a great interview with him. Well, and and he has said in these interviews he's looking forward to a new world order. Yes. What, what's the nature of the new world order? America is down and out. Um, the new world order is held together by anti-Americanism. In Pravda, in Russia, there are some important moves, interesting moves happening in Russia. The danger was, when we've discussed this Saudi versus Iranian showdown in mm-hmm. the Middle East, the danger has been that if um, we did anything to, to stand with the Syrian rebels, or actually the Syrian forces that are being supported by Saudi Arabia, that if we did anything to stand with them, we ran the risk of a fallout war with Russia and China, because Russia had declared that Syria was an indispensable military ally and that Iran was also an indispensable military ally. Well, Pravda has backed off on that. Pravda is no longer portraying Syria and Iran as military allies in the same way that Holland and the United States are military allies within NATO. So that takes the pressure off of us if something happens in Syria. Um, it means we're not going to start an all-out war. It takes the pressure off of us if something happens in Iran. It means we're not going to start an all-out war. But, um, but Russia, meanwhile, one of its major legislators, uh, has said a new world order is about to emerge. Now, what is it? And Russia's going to lead it. And what does he imagine the new world order is going to be? Well, the same thing. It's going to be all the countries of the world that hate the United States getting together in a great big hate fest, and putting together uh, a block in which the their own block mm-hmm. in which the United States power just doesn't apply. When you start looking at the big picture, like you're painting it, Howard, uh, as as I said earlier, we had the Innocence of the Muslims, the movie. It was translated into Arabic. It went viral. Right. Uh, we also have the president of Iran coming to the United States. We have foreign policy being discussed by the presidential candidate as well as the incumbent president. Right. Then when the president of Iran is in the United States going to address the United Nations, Iran test fires four missiles. Ah, yes. Iran does have a habit of test firing missiles all the time. Yeah. Which, now, I didn't see that report. Which missiles were these, the Shahab 3s? Yes. Okay, well, the Shahab 3s are the long-distance missiles. Yeah. And the Shahab 3s, according to at least one uh, analyst, security analyst, um, have been, the, the Iranians have been equipping them to handle uh, nuclear warheads right. uh, for the last 10 years. The, this is a missile the, the Iranians have been working on for a good long time. Um, and it's their equivalent to our intercontinental ballistic missiles, the missiles we rely on if there were ever World War III to carry nuclear warheads. So they're making an atomic statement. On the mm-hmm. one hand, uh, Ahmadinejad is telling us, we don't have any intention of using our nuclear facilities, of which there are approximately 40, by the way. We don't have any intention of using these facilities to make bombs. No, this is all for peaceful purposes. And at the same time, setting off a bunch of missiles capable of holding nuclear warheads. Um, <laughs> the left hand is signaling one thing and the right hand is signaling the other. It's crazy. Uh, By the way, this happened, I believe, in the Strait of Hormuz, uh, when they uh, they um, when they when they claim to have done this. Now, according to other world news reports, this was all misinformation that was released by Iran. Um, Well, that could be. 
Um, you know, Iran, the, the thing that the Saudis say about the Iranians is that they are the most clever, guileful, tricky people in the world. And you know the old Bloom hypothesis mm -hmm. about the purpose of the Iraq War. We were goaded into the Iraq War by Iran, who fed us all of the information about weapons of mass destruction and tempted us into Iraq. Uh, in order to do what they couldn't do. Howard, stand by. Hold that thought, my friend. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Howard Bloom is our guest, www.howardbloom.net. More on the other side of the news as we continue with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Howard Bloom is my special guest. www.howardbloom.net is the website. And I'd just like to read something here. I, um, the U.S. Iran Missile Test is Pure Fabrication. This is from NBC News. The U.S. Uh, US officials tell NBC News that Iran's claim it conducted missile tests in the Strait of Hormaz Tuesday is pure fabrication and that there is no evidence to back up Iran's claims. The mid-range system is capable of intercepting targets at a range of 50 kilometers or 30 miles and can fly at an altitude of 75,000 feet, state-run uh, state press TV website said. A senior Revolutionary Guard commander said Tuesday that Iran test-fired four anti-ship missiles and hit a big target the size of a U.S. warship simultaneously, causing it to sink in just 50 seconds. According to U.S. officials, there was no missiles firing in or around the Strait or the Persian Gulf. So what do we take about this, Howard? Well, the trick is that the um, the Iranians have been uh, working on a very active missile program ever since the 1980s. Mm -hmm. And uh, twice a year, approximately, Iran throws uh, what are the equivalent of festivals uh, of the missile. It, it just shows off missile after missile after missile after missile. And even the war between Iraq and Iran from 1981 to 1988 was called the War of the Missiles uh, because each country was firing missiles at each other um, like like crazy. So uh, 
A, there is a missile-making capability in Iran. B, the missiles that they've been working on for 10 years are the Shahab-3, which are the long-range um, ballistic missiles capable of carrying nuclear warheads. Four, um, one of the great vulnerabilities of the American Navy is its vulnerability to missiles, and in particular the vulnerability of aircraft carriers to missiles, because we rely on only 12 aircraft carriers. That's it, just 12. And um, if there were a missile capable of taking out an aircraft carrier, that would be the end of our force projection capability. It would change the entire equation. Now, the fact is that such a missile has existed um, for 20 years. Um, it's called the, the Sunburn, and it was developed by the Russians. Yeah. The, um, the Chinese bought a bunch of Sunburns and have been upgrading it ever since. And it's a Mach 2 weapon. It zigzags across the face of the waters. It zigzags just over the waves. It can carry a nuclear explosive six times the size of the Hiroshima bomb. And you can imagine what a nuclear explosive that size would do to an aircraft carrier. Um, we don't know. I have never seen any indication whatsoever that the uh, Iranians are getting their hands on anything as sophisticated as that. Um, even though their program is, is sophisticated and they even have a space program which depends on these rockets. Um, but it, in war, you can't take anything for granted. Then there's the scenario we were mentioning just before um, the, the end of the hour, and that is that Iran worked for um, eight years um, in 1981 to 1988 to topple Saddam Hussein um, with the goal of establishing an Iranian revolutionary-style government in Iraq. And it spent a trillion dollars, it lost a million lives, and it got nowhere. So it came up with the alternative uh, way of toppling Saddam Hussein, leaking information to America to prove that weapons of mass destruction existed in Iraq, that Saddam Hussein was making weapons of mass destruction. Um, that campaign worked brilliantly, and uh, yes, indeed, we went war to war with Iraq, and most of us, at least I, was scratching my head going, why Iraq? Exactly. What does Iraq have to do with this? Because we were allegedly replying to an attack by... Um, um, Osama bin Laden, who was in the foothills of Afghanistan. So there we went in, we toppled Saddam Hussein, and all the uh, Iranians had to do was be patient. They had to be patient while we got tired of being in Iraq. And that, uh, we've talked before about the fact that uh, it looks as if the, uh, the Iraqis several years ago staged peace in Iraq. It got its militias Remember, it has proxy armies in Iraq, two of them. It got its proxy armies to lay down their weapons so that the Americans could declare peace and go home. And about a month ago, two months ago, Iran declared um, victory in Iraq. So now Iraq is an Iranian principality growing a little closer to Iran all the time. And if you look at uh, all of the little proxy armies dotted all around Saudi Arabia, you can see why the Saudis are getting nervous. Meanwhile, the Saudis have done their best to cultivate uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Many mm -hmm. of the members of the Muslim Brotherhood, when they were thrown out of Egypt, went to um, Saudi Arabia. And one of them became the most popular cleric, on, that is, the most popular imam on um, Saudi television. He has a call, uh, basically an advice show based on uh, solving problems with Quranic answers, answers from the Koran, and he's a huge star. And he's a guy who flew, remember in the days of Tahrir Square, he flew from Saudi Arabia to Egypt and was treated as a superstar at Tahrir Square. Would he, he, be the, would he be the American equivalent to Billy Graham? He'd be bigger than that. Wow. Um, 
because he'd be sort of the American equivalent to what the 700 Club plus uh, Pat um, uh, Roberts um, plus, um, oh God, Little Brown, what's his name, who uh, died last year or the year before. He's a... Oral Roberts. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's closer to Oprah. Wow. And um, now it looks as if the Saudis may have made a big mistake in cultivating the Muslim Brotherhood because one of the Muslim Brotherhood's goals, according to one interpreter, Mm -hmm. is to topple the Saudi royal family and establish a Muslim Brotherhood government in uh, Saudi Arabia. And by undermining the Syrian government of of, uh, Bashar al-Assad, what the Saudis may have bought themselves is a plate of poison instead of a plate of porridge because um, there's a very strong chance that the Muslim Brotherhood would be the only force capable of taking over in Syria um, if uh, Assad is to fall. This would mean the end of the Saudi royal family. They've been playing with very dangerous cards, and we learned what it was to play with an explosive card deck um, in 1979 when we were supporting, and and the years just before that, when we were supporting uh, a group of freedom fighters in Afghanistan who later turned into al-Qaeda, and which included Osama bin Laden. Be careful of the groups that you cultivate as your allies, because when their only means of affecting political change is through violence, it is very likely that they will use that violence on you. And I can show you example after example after example in history of this kind of blowback. The Chinese, for example, used to think that they were being clever and saving money on military budgets, um, by uh, supporting groups that opposed their enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In some cases, when those groups that the Chinese had been supporting defeated China's enemies, their next step was to go after China itself. And in some cases, they ended up marching through the streets of the Chinese capital and taking the Chinese emperor as a prisoner and replacing him with one of their own people. So we have to be careful of blowback, and the Saudis have to be very careful of blowback, and the game is afoot right now. And whether Morsi succeeds in allying himself with Iran and thus basically marginalizing Saudi Arabia and changing the entire Middle Eastern equation is yet to be seen. What do you think the possibilities are, Howard, of the civil unrest that that we're watching in 50 countries on the other side of the Great Pond are going to find themselves to homeland America? Well, um, now, what's, what, what groups are you thinking of that we're supporting? Um, well, not, not, are, not groups that we're supporting, groups that are, that are causing the civil unrest in these 50 oh, countries. The, these groups have been, look, it, in, the, in Global Brain, The Evolution of Mass Mind from the Big Bang to the 21st Century, my second book, that book is about how subcultures compete within a society. And the winning subculture manages to control the whole perceptual apparatus. It controls the eyes and ears of the society. It controls the radio, the television, the newspaper, Mm -hmm. the way that everybody gets to see. And in a country like Pakistan, for example, the militant groups, the Islamic militant groups, have been fighting to take the whole ball of wax um, for a long time. And and, uh, they've been using, the militant groups have been using incidents like this video incident for a long time in the 19... The mid-1990s, guess what they used in order to show street power and in order to grab for political power? They used Salman Rushdie. Um, it was hmm. the street mobs of Pakistan that called for Salman Rushdie's head and that resulted in getting a price put on his head uh, by, of all people, the, um, uh, the, the head of Iraq. Uh, I mean, of, sorry, of Iran. Um, but um, 
So this struggle is going on nonstop. And the difficulty is this. There's been a big discussion on my Facebook page. I have a bunch of, fortunately, of fans from the Islamic world. And you know I do Iranian television and I do Saudi television. Yeah. And um, when this whole incident of uh, the, uh, the riots over the video came out, the anti-Islamic video, um, a discussion started on my webpage, and uh, many people were down on Islam. And then one of my Islamic um, followers per- perked up and said, please don't mistake the things that are being done in the streets of Libya, Tunisia, um, Indonesia right now, for as accurately reflecting the views of all Muslims. They do not accurately reflect the views of all Muslims. Most Muslims, he said, are tolerant or pluralistic and want the same things that you do. Um, They want them within an Islamic framework, Mm -hmm. but they want the same things that you do. Well, I know he's he's not joking around. That's how he feels. There is a huge contingent, and he's part of it. He's from Pakistan. He's the guy who ran the Pakistan Software Association for a long time, so he's an important man in Pakistan. Um, and he's telling the truth about himself. The difficulty is that there have been a bunch of would-be spokesmen for the secular, tolerant, pluralistic community in Pakistan. One of them made a point of his tolerance just a year ago by going to visit a woman who was under a death sentence for um, saying things that slandered the Prophet Muhammad. She was a Christian. Of course, anything she says is going to slander the Prophet Muhammad. Um, anything she says in the name of her own religion. Um, and he went to visit her in her jail uh, cell as a sign of solidarity. Well, I, you probably know, Rob, uh, Rob, exactly what happened to this man. He had an elite security detail. Um, his, one of his elite security guards turned on him and riddled him with something like 36 bullets. The man is now dead. And that's happened to most of those who speak out on behalf of the interests of the tolerant, pluralist, modernist um, Muslims. And that is modernist Islam's Achilles heel. It can't speak up. It has no leadership. It has no voice. Um, And what I suggested to the people discussing this on my Facebook site was that we need a, a, a spokesperson who's willing to speak up for this community on a regular basis and who will do it out of a country or a city like Dubai. Um, that seems to be free of these kinds of assassinations, where you can speak up. Of course, you'd have to do it. You'd have to get the approval of the sheik um, who runs Dubai in order to do this. And what they really need is to put their money into uh, an action engine, not a think tank, an action mm-hmm. engine. And what's an action engine? Well, remember, I did my field work in popular culture by founding the biggest PR firm in the music industry. So I'm very aware of what pub- publicists can do. And I would put together a team of half a dozen publicists so that the, the tolerance folks within Islam can begin to show a presence within the press, and those leaders can form a rallying point. Do you know what a supersaturated solution is? You Basically, you take a whole thing of Morton salt, and you dissolve the whole thing in a glass of water, and you swizzle it around with a swizzle te- stick, and what does it look like? Just water. a glass of water. Exactly. Well, then you take one salt crystal and you drop it into the, the solution. And what happens? Whammo! All the salt comes out of nowhere, comes yeah. out of uh, solution, and gathers around that one salt crystal, and you end up with a massive salt crystal. Well, right now the Middle East is a supersaturated solution, and um, it needs the leadership of tolerant pluralist types. The tolerant pluralist types ran the um, Egyptian, the first of the Arab Spring revolutions, the one in Egypt. 
Um, it was the Facebook people and the Twitter people and the Google people who were running that operation. But once they toppled the monarch, once they toppled Mubarak, they felt that they had achieved the success. Well, you don't achieve success in a revolution just by toppling the old head of state. From that point on, you have a five-year struggle in which different subcultures are contending. And if your subculture doesn't fight very, very, very hard, it will be a loser. The Iranians learned that in 1979 when their secularist, secular tolerant um, group thought it had won a revolution. Let me ask you this, Howard. Let me ask you this. We're, we're running close to our, uh, our next break. Is it possible that these countries where we're trying to get democracy and cannot handle democracy. It's entirely possible because, what again, it's the secular, tolerant, pluralist ones who understand the current concept of democracy. And right now in Tunisia, there are two wings of the Islamist party. The Islamist party is, is in power to the extent that there is any power because, as you know, the, the power of the uh, government doesn't extend beyond one city, unfortunately. We saw that in Benghazi. Um, but um, one, one party within the party, a sub-party, wants um, Sharia, and the other wants a democracy. And the de- pro-democratic forces in all of these countries are weak, as weak, as weak can be. They're all right. stumbling around like blind kittens. All right, buddy, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, Howard Bloom, my very special guest, www.howardbloom.com. Check out his new book. It's a super great book, The God Problem, How a Godless Cosmos Creates. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues. We're right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. 
This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. Welcome back, everyone. Howard Bloom is my guest. It's always great having Howard on the show. He's got a great new book out that's available online, Amazon.com or any of the online book uh, stores, brick-and-mortar stores as well. The God Problem, How a Godless Cosmos Creates. And I've got to tell you from first-hand experience, it is a great book. And again, Howard, congratulations. Howard's website is www.howardbloom.net. Howard, we've been talking about the crisis in the Middle East. Uh, I have to ask you at this time, with the presidential election less than 45 days away, how is what's happening in the Middle East going to affect the U.S. elections? Um, This is just a personal suspicion, and I could be absolutely wrong. Um, You know that Mitt Romney's been trying to keep the election on the topic of the economy. Of course, he's also kept very quiet about what he would do for the economy, aside from give big tax breaks to the super rich. Mm -hmm. But... Aside from that, um, now, because of all of this, attention has swung to international affairs. And even though um, his accusation, Romney's accusation, that Obama has been weak in international affairs may have some element of truth to it, the fact remains that Romney made a very big impression when he went to England and when he blew it immediately. Oh, when he big put time. put in his mouth, right? Yep. And um, I don't think that even though there are ferociously committed people on the right who will never vote for Obama in a million years, I think that when it comes to the swing voters, the idea of having that man near the nuclear button, the idea of having him trying to relate to these Muslim countries when he's obviously tone deaf to other people's cultures and sensitivities, and we know that Obama is a very careful, methodical speaker, at least he knows how to measure his words before he steps on somebody's toes. Well, look what happened. Look what happened uh, when they stormed the uh, the embassy in where was it? Um, it was in uh, um, it was in Libya. 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 You know, Romney opened his mouth before the uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. government had issued anything. Right, and he made a huge mistake, mm-hmm. uh, which the press did not hold him to account for. Um, he said that the uh, Obama administration's first reaction was to apologize. And he was referring to a document that had gone out long before Mm -hmm. this Benghazi attack had occurred. He had his facts wrong. And then he stood by them. Is that the kind of man you would want near the nuclear button? Is that the kind of man you would want making decisions in difficult circumstances? Like a storm, a hailstorm of hatred in the Muslim world against the United States. The only button I trust Romney by is the button from Staples where you hit it. It says, that was easy. (laughs) But, you know, just because you run a company like Staples does not mean you can run the United States of America. And I think that his his running mate, Paul Ryan, I I call them uh, Abbott and Costello. Well, Paul Ryan is a a nightmare. He's an intelligent, appealing nightmare. And he's a nightmare because he would disembowel the American government. There is this illusion on the right that you don't need roads. You don't need the Internet. 
you don't need any of the things the government has provided except a huge military budget. And it's the huge military budget that has sapped our treasury and turned us into paupers. Howard, as usual, whenever you're with us, time goes by way too fast, my friend. So until the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon, thank you very much, Howard, for joining us. Continued success, and Exxon Nation, do yourself a favor. Go out and get a copy of The God Problem, How a Godless Cosmos Creates. It'll get you thinking. Howard Bloom, www.howardbloom.net. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> 